and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, welcome everybody to the Women's Call. Glad to have you here, and thank God we are alive. It is a different world, even from last week, folks. And if you didn't hear last week's program, In the Eye of the Storm, I was blessed to have my earthly father on the program. And we talked about what does it mean to prepare practically, uh, not from a point of salvation, but what would the Lord have us to do? And obviously we talked about the spiritual implications, but if you didn't get to hear the show, especially at the end, um, after my father prayed, we talked about the seniors. So I'm Frank the 30, technically would be junior, and then there was a senior. We shared how God brought the whole family, even senior in those last days we found out, was searching hard to find out who the Lord is. And folks... We're here as a testimony, as a family, to tell you that there is nobody beyond the salvation of our Lord. If they desire, no matter where you have been, if you want to come home, he will open his arms and receive you. So with that tonight, we've got a special program. Brother Benjamin's going to be on here. We are kind of going with the storm Uh, title series last week in the eye of the storm and now a storm is coming folks it is here it's coming worse though and i want to just say something quickly if you are panicked and afraid that's not from god god never calls us to fear of man and fear of the things coming upon the earth that is for the unbeliever The only fear we as believers have is of the Lord. And that, folks, is the healthiest fear you will ever have. And so there are so many people, suicide, everything's going crazy. The people are just jumping out of their skin. Folks, I'm telling you right now, this is is the warm-up. What's coming is even worse. And God is not calling us to go through it in fear. He is calling us to go through it in peace. Even in the midst of the tribulation, if the martyrs can be burned at the stake, clapping as the flames are going up around them, folks, what can your God do in the end of time when he promised the most miraculous things are going to happen? Greater things, even than the Lord, is coming to his people. We got to be ready and prepared. With that, I'm going to bring on our guest tonight, Brother Benjamin. Are you here with me? Well, hello, Frank. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Well, folks, um, if you, like I said, this is a different week than even last week. And we're talking about seven short days. And look what has transpired. Benjamin, I know you've been on the forefront of what's going on here. You've been keeping up with the times and everything that's going on. 
Brother, what has God laid on your heart, and what have you got to share with us tonight? We're looking forward to hearing it, brother. And before that, I'm sorry. Benjamin, please, when you get a moment, let's open up with prayer. Uh, I think we're going to really need an extra blessing of prayer after this program tonight, because I believe it will be intense. Well, we will, we do, and amen, let's pray. But you know, before we got on, uh, I obviously spend time in my prayer loft, seeking the face of our God, and I heard the Lord clearly say, tell the people, do not be afraid. You shall not fear the other gods, nor bow to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. The Lord your God, Him only shall you fear. And so, yeah, it's a time of, of perplexity. It's a time when the waves, the of the sea of the nations will begin to roar and it's easy to get caught up especially if you listen to the talking heads of Babylon who are pushing the fear you know it's more of a pandemic than a pandemic in terms of the way they're choreographing fear but in the camp of the righteous we've been expressly commanded to not fear these other gods and so the destroyer that is coming forth into the earth is not to be feared in the camp of the righteous but let's pray Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you that you have appointed a time for the judgment of the entire earth, and that the appointed time has come. The 70th year of Babylon has come. The 70 weeks are come. The time for Israel's redemption has come. And the time for the people who know their God to look up for their redemption is drawing nigh. This time has come. And so, Father, I pray you would bless this program tonight, that by your Holy Spirit you would use vessels such as Frank and I, who are among the least of your saints, Lord, to declare your word of truth in this final hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen yeah, wow. What a... What a, an amazing time, Frank. Things are changing by the hour. And, and actually, they're really going to start changing in about three hours from now. Because at 11.50 Eastern Time, or 8.50 on the West Coast, which is a little over uh, two hours and 40 minutes from now, we will cross over into spring. Frank, this is the earliest spring since 1896. And as a result, this spring will have the third day of spring on Sunday, March 22nd, 3-22-2020. And that third day of spring could prove to be a big one. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about the storm that is coming, the storm that is already here in so many ways. I mean, everybody's life has already changed. I doubt there's anybody, well, actually, I stand corrected, I do have a neighbor (laughs) who had no idea any of this was happening. (laughs) They haven't turned on a radio or a TV or a computer for weeks, and they were recently brought up to speed that the world has changed. But for the vast majority of us, our lives are already changing. Praise God. Lord, you lead this program. In 
Jesus' name. A storm is coming. The storm is almost here. Frank, you know, I guess let's just start with a few news items to highlight the significance of, of what is happening. First of all, the stock market is crashing. It is down. The median stock, the average stock in the United States, is now down 50% from its high. The world has lost $25 trillion in the last 35 or 30 days. That's about a trillion dollars a day. You know, after a while, it adds up to real money. Zero Hedge reports the paper wealth of the world is now vanishing into a synthetic black hole, and it's gone. It was actually created by smoke and mirrors, the pumped-up bubble economy created by the central banking system and the manipulation of earnings through stock buybacks and the, you know, the shell game that was played with the American public is ending. It ran into the reality of the limits of growth in a real world. And why are we surprised? Frank, J.P. Morgan just issued an economic forecast. This is one of the major New York investment banks. Expecting a global depression. They went right over the recession word, and they're now forecasting a depression in the second quarter, which will begin in 11 days. Earlier this month, in a report titled, The Lamps Are Going Out All Across the Economy. The lights are going out all across the United States. The doors and the shutters will be closing. And, you know, it's just, it's just incredible, you know, having known this time would come to be watching it. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 talks about a day when the keepers of the house will tremble and the strong men will be bowed to the ground and the grinders will cease, the economy will cease because they are few and those that look out windows be darkened. No one will dare turn on the lights come summer and the doors shall be shut in the street. When the sound of the grinding is low, economic activity is almost completely ceased and he will rise up at the voice of a bird and all the daughters of music, all of the, the daughters of entertainment and prancing dancing shall be brought low. And when there shall be fear that is in the way, there shall be, they shall be afraid of that which is high. And fear shall be in the way. And at that time the almond tree shall flourish. And the grasshopper will become a burden, and the desire of all flesh will fail. And man will go to his long home, and mourners will fill the streets. The silver cord will be broken, the golden bowls shall be broken. The pitcher of water will be broken at the fountain, and the grinding wheel broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. And the spirits of men will return unto God who gave them vanity of vanities. All shall be turned to vanity that is not of the Lord. It is so awesome as the economy grinds low, but you know, as the keepers of the house will soon be trembling, the people of this world are already, if they're coming out of their denial 
theology, if they're coming out of their normalcy bias, if they're coming out of their pretend world and beginning to be confronted by the reality of what is being done unto them, they're going to begin to get afraid. But, you know, I think at this point about 50% of the pagan population is, is holding on to that, well, it's just the flu, and why is everybody overreacting mindset? But when you, when you consider what's going on, and we'll go through the list now, this is a little bit more than the flu. But this is also the time when the almond tree shall flourish. And if you remember, Aaron's rod budded with, uh, with flowers and with almonds. And the almond tree, in, in Hebrew, the word means the awakener. It's a symbol. The almond is a symbol of the prophetic voice of God. And the almond tree, the voice of the Lord, is going to flourish in the day that he has prepared. But for the rest of the world... The doors will be shut. The windows will be darkened. Global depression's on its way. Morgan pro- pro- is actually projecting a 14% decline in Q2. Medical experts are saying the pandemic will take 12 to 18 months to fully clear. This pro- projection is not only catastrophic, it's astonishing. In China, the projection is a 40% decline. Frank, today, the State Department issued a global health advisory, level four, do not travel, urging all Americans to halt international travel immediately and requested American citizens abroad return home immediately. Uh, Just news tonight from our friends down in Panama, the Johnsons, effective Sunday, Panama will suspend all commercial flights in or out of the country. Effective Last night, there was an indefinite national curfew imposed between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. Panama is now barring admission to the country to any individuals who are not citizens. One by one, the nations are quarantining, locking down. They're closing the doors. They're closing the windows. The New York Times yesterday reported in a leaked document, which is not classified, that the U.S. government is itself preparing for an 18-month shutdown. This unclassified document warns the severity of this crisis is difficult to forecast, but they expect significant shortages for the government, private sector, and individual consumers. No kidding. The supply lines are already crashing. And I know the media is going to paint the picture that it was you know, panic buying and, and excess demand. But the truth behind the news is production lines themselves are being shut down, either for lack of supplies, for lack of food products, or as part of an overall pandemic prepared for this hour. The shutdown of restaurants is occurring across the country, expected to cost a quarter of a trillion dollars. Just then that's from total sales in the next quarter. But that's just the restaurant sector. We're not talking about airlines, hotel, hospitality, sports, and every other activity that involves people leaving their houses. Literally, the prophecy of Ecclesiastes 12 is coming to pass. The doors are shutting. The sound of the economy is grinding low. The windows will soon be darkened, and fear will be in the way. But for the people of God... The 
almond tree shall flourish. This is our day. This is the day of our God that is beginning. We have nothing to fear. Now, the people of this world, they have everything to fear. And the people of the United States, they're in the crosshairs, unfortunately. The world, as you know it, is over. You know, that picture was painted in the cover of the Economist magazine. They do those annual prophetic covers, and and I and I interpreted it and spoke about a year ago that that the picture presented the view that the world that we've all known was actually in the distant past. It was ending, and it was never coming back. Well, a year later, it's gone, and you'll never see it again. The storm is upon us, and the time for the the time of the Gentiles, the time of the wicked ones has come. The time of the dark ones has come. This Sunday, March 22nd, will mark the 40th anniversary of the Georgia Guidestones, which were unveiled March 22nd, 1980. For those who don't know, go and Google it. The Georgia Guidestones represent the Ten Commandments of the New World Order or the Ten Commandments of the Masonic Order, the Ten Commandments of the Secret Societies, the satanic societies. One of the commandments is to reduce the surface population of the earth to no more than 500 million. Thus, the reason the Chaldean government, the deep state, is going to war against the people of the earth, and in particular against the people of the United States of America. Reports today panic in the uk people are saying all the food is gone now i've not verified these i'm just sharing with you guys reports that have hit the internet in the last 24 hours the following uh an email from someone um, employed at a high level in one of the largest grocery retailers in the u.s our shelves are limited there's limits to what we can order our regional warehouses are running at capacity which is 200,000 cases a day. Whatever comes in is sent out the same day, but there's no supply left in the warehouses. The supply lines are stopping. They're being interrupted. This from a doctor in Britain. We are headed into the abyss. After just one patient with COVID-19 was admitted to our hospital, a quarter of our staff are out sick and quarantined. A single case wrecked havoc on an entire hospital. Reports of damaged shock, this, this demand shock, rather, I'm sorry, reports of the demand shock as the cause of the disruption of supply are simply not entirely true. There is a production disruption occurring. The U.S. State Department just closed the border and will stop processing visas or the majority of visas for migrant workers as of today. Without these folks, we will be without a harvest. Without a harvest, there will be no food to feed you. It appears that the supply shortages that are working their way through the system are a version of a slow-motion train wreck. This is from a, a website dealing with the solar minimum, and the impact on our crops. But last year was described as a harvest from hell. 
wet and cold weather, extreme storms, severe flooding, devastated much of last year's food production. Supplies, as a result, were low before we ever ran into this virus. Is the false news being stirred up? Reports of corn and corn product shortages are, are now surfacing from feed suppliers. There are shortages of animal feed. There are many agendas being served by this virus. You can print money, but you can't print food. Benjamin, Years I, I ago, can share with you something that's real also that we're dealing with at work, huge, massive shortages that's affecting uh, my company. And we can't get computer inventory, period, um, hardly innocent. We bought pretty much everything. We buy from the largest resell wholesaler that I know of in the United States. Maybe They may be one of the largest in the world. And we're down to no inventory. We cannot get stuff. People call for computers and we're like, sorry, it's not here. Memory, everything backordered. So I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's not only food. It's, every, it's across the board, folks. Inventory is depleted. And if you know, so if your business and your computer breaks and you can't get any more inventory, then you're just stuck. You don't have anything to do. It's it's affecting everything. Yeah, it's across the board. It's auto parts. It's food. It's medical supplies. It's masks. It's ventilators. It's everything. We built a modern economy using a just-in-time inventory system designed to minimize the working capital cost of running all of these various businesses. But in a complex economy with thousands of interconnected supply channels, with everyone operating on a just-in-time basis, a major breakdown in any part of that system will ripple through the whole system. Then you do a complete shutdown of the system. We are going to witness the most incredible collapse ever. And it's only just beginning. A year ago, experts were warning of global shortages of food as a result of the poor crop production, adverse weather, and the limited supplies, limited grain stores. Well, that day has now come. Meanwhile, you probably remember the reports of the swine fever killing vast numbers of pigs in China. Or was it a disease that killed the pigs. Half of the pigs in China were slaughtered in the last year, numbering 400-plus million. They either died of African swine fever or they were killed to stamp out the virus. Or they were used to prepare meals ready to eat for the Chinese army that is going to need to have vast quantities of food in transportable form ready for the war that's coming. And the swine flu of the pigs was merely the excuse to slaughter half their herd. The Russian government resigned in January. Do you remember that, Frank? Or did they? Other sources report it was a ruse. They merely replaced the, the members of the Duma with figureheads so the actual government officials in Russia would no longer be in the public limelight. They all went home to their DACAs. They went on vacation so that later, when they all go into the underground command and control bunkers, the world won't notice the disappearance of the Russian government. Elites in the U.S. have been bugging out for the last month. Top CEOs of Fortune 500 companies resigning. Very famous executives 
in numerous industries resigning, people flying out of the country, headed to New Zealand, headed to their survival bunkers. Oh, it's just the flu, but the wealthiest people in the country have rented all of the private jets. You can't rent a private jet today. They're booked as the wealthy flee America Babylon. Well, they better run. Their God won't protect them. We, however, we don't need to run. Meatpackers in Brazil are shuttering down as deliveries of food products from China have stopped. Labor shortages occurring in Britain. The British government's occurring the common people to go and work the farms. The U.S. is warning the quarantine shelter-in-place order could last 18 months. They plan to hold us hostage until forced vaccinations are available. It's all part of the plan, the pandemic. The Ice Age farmer has been reporting growing food shortages for over a year, and we're now there. There's even rumors of uh, radical changes coming. The National Guard being organized, being prepared to, to create checkpoints, blockades between states, a two-week quarantine being ordered, all businesses closed, everyone ordered to stay at home. This will occur as soon as the troops are ready to move into the cities to prevent looters and rioters. This could be announced as soon as Sunday. Stock up in everything you need. Hallelujah. For those who know their God, there's, there's no reason to fear, but boy, just times like this really are disconcerting. I mean, who could have seen this coming? Oh, wait, the people that knew the Word of God saw this coming. The preppers saw this coming. You know, we were the butt of jokes, right? Because everybody thought we were funny. That, you know, we, that we foresaw one day a massive disruption would come to this system. The house of cards that was built would collapse. Humpty Dumpty would fall and never be put back together again. And, and people derided and they laughed. And, you know, and they just continued on as if there was no risk. What do you get for pretending the danger is not real? and following your leaders down those well-trodden paths. They've led you into the valley of steel. Oh, no, what a surprise. I see a terminal look in your eyes. Well, I've looked over Jordan, and I've seen, and this is no bad dream. Now, those are the lyrics from a famous song that obviously were written by someone who saw this day coming long ago. You know, Frank, I, I want to touch briefly um, on the word Paran. Because what, when was it? A few weeks ago at this point? I mean, things have really been happening fast. Maybe it was yeah, perhaps the beginning of March, the very end of February, I don't recall. I really should be keeping a journal and writing these things down instead of going off memory, because I think I've forgotten more than half of what I remember. But in any event, about a month ago, I was woken in the morning by a voice that shouted from heaven. And it was a single word, Paran! Or was it Para? I, I couldn't quite make the difference because I was asleep, and it woke me. And as literally, it was as if the house shook. It was so loud, Frank. 
I was actually afraid. I mean, it scared me. I thought, ooh, I'm afraid to look this up. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in trouble or something. So um, I was quite hesitant. But I began to look for the word para and paran in the scriptures, and they're, they are very closely related one to another, and together they carry the full message for this hour. But, you know, it's fascinating. The word paran appears in scripture in Genesis 21, the first time, as Abraham rose in the morning, taking bread and a bottle of water, giving it to Hagar and her child, Ishmael, who were sent away into the wilderness, and Ishmael went and dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. So this is the wilderness of Arabia. This is the wilderness of the Negev, essentially, or or on the other side of Jordan. I, I don't know, but it's certainly the wilderness of that region. And, no, it's got to be the Negev, yeah. Um, the word appears a second time when Israel left Egypt. And they, no, they journeyed out of Sinai. They came out of Negev, and the cloud rested in Paran. This has got to be near Petra, guys. Sorry about that. Moses mentions Paran a third time in Deuteronomy 33 as he's speaking his final word of blessing over the children of Israel. The man of God said to the children before his death, The Lord came from Sinai, and he rose up from Mount Seir unto them, and he shined forth from Mount Paran. And he came with ten thousand of his saints, from his right hand went a fiery law for them. Yes, he loved his people, all of his saints that are in his hand. And they sat down at his feet, and every one shall receive of his word. And when Samuel died, and David was afraid of King Saul, he fled into the wilderness of Paran. And the word Paran is mess, it's mentioned again in Habakkuk. Chapter 3, verse 3, it reads, God came from Taman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. And His glory covers the heavens, and the earth will be filled with His praise. And His brightness is brighter than the light. And He has horns of power coming out of His hand. And there is the hiding of His power. And before Him went the pestilence. Before the face of the Lord went the coronavirus and the other bioweapons that will be released by summertime. And burning coals appeared at his feet. When the Lord comes again to stand upon the earth, the mountain will burn. Just like when he came down and appeared to Moses on Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks, 50 days following the Sabbath of the Passover. Moses was called into the mountain. The Lord came and appeared to Moses. And the mountain, the rocks themselves, began to melt under the feet of the Lord. Well, the mountains are going to be melting again soon. And the Holy One's coming from Paran. And the brightness of His power. He stands and He measures the earth. And I, Frank, I had a dream a while, maybe two weeks ago, and a voice spoke to me and said, You will see... The Lord, let me, let me remember exactly, You'll, you will be seeing the Lord soon, or you will see the Lord soon. 
And in the dream, I turned around and I saw the, a throne. And on the throne, the brightness of the light was so bright. It was ten times brighter than the sun. I looked for a moment and I, it was more than my eyes could perceive. I turned and looked away and I awoke. But we are going to be seeing the Lord soon. Those of us who are part of his remnant, he's coming for the salvation of his people. But he's sending the destroyer before his face and in the form of the pestilence. And we are not to fear the destroyer. It's just like in the time of the Passover. The destroyer will not come unto the house of the righteous as long as we have the blood of the Lamb of God on the doorpost and on the frames of our homes, upon our lives. The angel of death that is coming will pass over us. Hallelujah. Habakkuk 3. The mountains saw thee, and they trembled in verse 10. Verse 12. Thou did march through the land in indignation, and that word for indignation is za'am in the Hebrew, and it is intense fury and rage. Thou did thresh the heathen in anger, if you are a heathen, you should repent of your heathen ways and become a believer. Because otherwise the Lord's coming with indignation and you will be threshed on a threshing floor. What is coming is beyond anything you can't even believe, let alone perceive, and yet is reserved for the wicked. And then in verse 13, the Lord says, Thou went forth for the salvation of thy people, even the salvation of thy anointed. Hallelujah. The Lord is coming for the salvation of his people who wait for him. And he's coming for the salvation of his anointed ones. He's coming to judge the wicked. He's coming to save his little lambs. Hallelujah. And the verse goes on to read, And he wounds the head of the wicked. He wounds their head in the house of the wicked. So it's going to get pretty serious now. That word paran comes from the verb pa'ar, and it literally means to gleam, as in brilliant light. It means to embellish, to boast, to explain, to make oneself clear. God is going to send a statement to the earth at the beginning of the judgment, and he wants humanity to understand him perfectly, that he's coming in indignation over the wickedness of man, the wickedness of this corrupted system, the evil that has been done, the murder of the innocent, the sexual trafficking of the children, the tyranny of the Chaldeans, and the compromise and complacency of the common people, who, if they, get, if they continue to enjoy the pleasures of their own flesh, could care not what happens to the innocent. They don't raise a voice. They don't lift a finger. It speaks of them in the Scripture who care not for the suffering of Joseph. The Lord's coming to make a point to the nation, to shake and to literally dispel. Parar occurs more than 50 times, and the word means to break, to violently break a covenant. God is about to break the covenant of peace with the earth. God is about to break the nations. The word 
para is also a verb that means or can be translated to mean fruitfulness. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a wall, and the word is para, derived from para, and it literally means to increase. In the day that the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for those who are escaped of the remnant, the remnant of Israel. Thy people shall all be righteous. The remnant are the righteous, and they will now inherit the land forever. They are the, bland, the branch of my planting, says the Lord, and the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, and the small one a nation. And I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. And is it not being hastened now? That verb, parar, also means to split, to divide, to expand or multiply. The root belongs to a family of words that contain the word paras or parez. And it means to break through and divide, to literally cut and separate as if you would prune a tree to make it more fruitful. We get the Feast of Purim from the word para. And the word pura, which is another derivative noun, means the wine press or the cooking pot. So the Lord is bringing the nations into the wine press where he will tread the grapes himself. He's casting the people into a seething pot that is boiling. There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and he's ready to come forth even now. And a branch shall grow out of his roots, and that word shall grow is para, and it literally means shall become fruitful. The almond tree will flourish. Hallelujah. The word parez, another derivative of para, means to separate or to set apart the common from the pure, the leaders from the common. It literally means to separate, to cut apart. This word para is also used in Scripture in the writing on the wall in the palace of Babylon in the time of Belshazzar and Daniel. In the final hours of Babylon, the words appeared, a hand appeared and wrote in the stone, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Uparasim, or Paresim. And that word Perez means to divide, to split, and to conquer, to finish. And so it was the final word spoken over Babylon before she was brought down, and I heard God shout it from heaven but a few weeks ago. Truly, the 70th year of Babylon is upon us. Does anyone doubt that the judgment has begun? Oh, no doubt there are the naysayers who want to live in the, in the wished-for world, pretending that this isn't real, and that life will return to normal any day now. I mean, some of them will hold that delusion until the end.
But indeed, this time has come. It's come upon us. And there is no going back. It's simply amazing. The very first evidence, the prophet Habakkuk. You know, let me, let me go back in Habakkuk to chapter 1. And I want to read just a few of the verses. Beginning in verse 5, Behold, which in Hebrew it's hene, and it means look, wonder, consider carefully, you who dwell among the heathen, that's everybody living in the pagan states of America, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your day, which you will not believe, though it be told you And I've been telling the American people for 23 years what our God was about to do. And the vast majority of them would not believe, even though it was explained to them. They still won't believe, even though it's happening right before their eyes. For lo, I will raise up the Chaldeans, those bitter and wicked people who will march through your land possessing dwelling places that are not theirs. That's exactly what happened in the United States. Seventy years ago, the Chaldeans are the sorcerers of the deep state. They are the sorcerers of the satanic secret societies. They are the Illuminati and the Council of the Thirteen and the National Satanic Families. And we know their names, and they know ours as well. The common people know nothing of either group but our God is about to destroy theirs. Frank, just the other day, I woke and, and, and I had heard in a dream, I was sleeping quite peacefully, and a voice spoke to me and said, the world has waited 70 weeks for this time to come at last. And then I heard, and I saw James Bond's star on Hollywood Boulevard. And I woke up, and I thought, 70 weeks. Wait, I know what that is. That's a, the prophecy of Daniel 9. That's the compass of time before the judgment begins. And we've waited for that compass of time, and it has come round at last. Hallelujah. It is here at last. And, and then James Bond's star on Hollywood Boulevard, most of our listeners probably uh, wouldn't remember you know, the real meaning of James Bond because 007 is not a number, but it's a symbol. It's an image of two balls in a cane. And it represents the name Two-Ball Cane, which was the signature of the, the head warlock who was the senior witch working for the satanic royal family that is the head of the Illuminati. And he signed all of his letters with two balls and a cane, which we would see as 007. But it's not 007 at all. It's Tubal Cain. And he's the senior sorcerer in the employment of the crown. So who's the secret service agent? The secret agent who works for Her Majesty's Secret Service? Well, you call him James Bond, but his real name is Satan. And his star is going to fall to the ground if it hasn't already. And when do you get a star on Hollywood Boulevard anyway? Is it at the beginning of your career? Or is it when you're nearing the end? So Satan's going to get his star on Hollywood Boulevard, metaphorically, as he falls to the earth as a star from the heavens. 
knowing that his time is short. So it's just astonishing. You know, let's just look at some of the evidences for the lateness of the hour. We have the 70th year of America Babylon, which literally is the, the 2020 to 2021 window, depending on whether you use the secular calendar of the Gentile nations, which I rather doubt most, if not all, prophecies being fulfilled using either the civil or spiritual calendar of the kingdom of Israel, and so you could view 2020 or potentially as late as the fall of 2021 as the final completion of the fullness of the 70 year. For in the fall of 2021, America Babylon would turn 71. So all these things will be fulfilled in the next 18 months, the next six, seven months, 18, 19 months. But what about the prophecy of the generation of Israel? We were told in Psalm 90 that the generation of Israel would be 70 years, and if by reason of strength it should be 80. And Jesus told us the generation that sees the fig tree restored, which is the state of Israel, return to their land, that that generation would see the fulfillment of everything. And of course, Israel was regathered in 1948. They didn't really come under the rule of the Chaldeans, until the Chaldeans took control of the United States in the 1950 window. But as a nation-state, they were born again in 1948. And so 70 years would be 2018, 2019 window. And by reason of strength is a reference to the word Gebarim, which is the Hebrew text for the mighty ones, the 144,000 who shall appear when the Holy One comes through the Holy Spirit in the lives of His anointed servants, and if the anointed ones come in this time, Israel will be preserved and will survive to its 80th year, which is 2028. And we know the final seven years of history follow the conclusion of World War III. And pardon my interruption. Wow, that was fun. Um, we know that the, 70, the final seven years follow the conclusion of World War III. And so if the 80th year of Israel is 2028, we back off seven years, that puts us at the fall of 2021 for the conclusion of the World War. Well, we know the World War includes the Chinese generals themselves admitted publicly they're not stupid enough to attack the United States outright with military weapons. Instead, they disclosed they would use biological warfare against the United States. And once all the nations are quarantined, the more powerful weapons will no doubt be deployed on our soil. Following the economic collapse that the bio-war will in engineer and the social disorder, the internal chaos, which will in some regions rise to the level of civil war, It'll be in the fall that the nuclear weapons will fly. The hypersonic missiles will be used to sink the Navy. Suicide or, or satchel bombs will be used to detonate and destroy the major air bases of the Strategic Air Command. And then the ICBMs will come in. The cruise missiles will come out of the ocean. The ICBMs will come over the pole. 
and in one hour Babylon will burn. And then the ground invasion of foreign troops will begin within 24 hours. Two million Chinese troops will offload through San Diego, L.A., San Francisco. Russian forces will airlift into the northwest. And at some point, the, the actual war on our soil will be interrupted by the Lord, and he will suddenly cause the enemies of America to flee, and the war itself will then end. And out of the chaos, out of the ruination of the current world order, because when America is destroyed, the entire world will collapse into chaos and famine, economic depression, likes of which nobody's ever seen. And out of those ruins, out of the ashes of the war, the phoenix, the new world order of the Antichrist, like a phoenix, will rise. When the eagle's wings of Daniel 7 are plucked, and then the lion is lifted up as a man, and caused to stand on, on his feet as a man, the Antichrist Christ kingdom will come to power in the fall of 2021, and we'll enter the final seven years. And that is literally is what's happening to us. Now, some of you guys who've been listening to me for years, you know my name is Baruch, and I'm a descendant of the scribe of Jeremiah, who actually uh, was the bookkeeper who wrote the book of Jeremiah. He took the notes as Jeremiah prophesied. Baruch wrote it down, and, um, and so, too, the Lord tapped me on the shoulder to write a few books for him and I'm merely the scribe publishing the works the day of the Lord is at hand the search of the scriptures series and what I find fascinating is Jeremiah and and his scribe Baruch they actually prophesied Jeremiah prophesied for 23 years and Baruch took notes for 23 years and after 23 years of warning Israel in the year that followed the judgment came and so, too, I was shown the future. And, and on November 21st, 1996, my life changed when I was translated into the future. And it wasn't a vision. I was there. I've already been where we're going. And I would encourage you, be at peace, be calm. It doesn't do any good to get upset. It only makes it worse. But I've seen the dark days. I've already lived them once, and I find it fascinating that the 23-year anniversary in my case was November 21st, 2019, and Frank, it wasn't but a matter of a week or more, and this coronavirus was released. The judgment began almost immediately, and so here we are. Oh, and the last... Um, metric of the timing of the judgment is the prophecy of the seven weeks in Daniel 9, where Daniel, and it's really fascinating that Daniel had been fasting and praying because he had read the prophecy of the 70-year captivity of the people of God under the reign of the Chaldeans, under the reign of the Babylonians. He knew the 70 years was coming to an end. He fasted and prayed and, and received the revelation from Gabriel of the prophecy of the 70 weeks, which are seven-year periods. So 70 seven-year periods comprises 490 years. And we were told in the text, from the command to restore Jerusalem until the coming of Messiah shall be 62 weeks and seven weeks. That represents the compass of time 
between the command to restore Jerusalem in the day of Daniel, which was issued by Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, in the time of Nehemiah, in the year 430, pardon me, 444 B.C., and from 444 B.C., if you count out 62 seven-week periods, which is 434 years, you add the eight missing jubilees according to the biblical calendar, you get 442 years, which takes us to the year 2 B.C., the year in which the Holy One was born, the year in which the Lord came among us as a child. And so the commandment to restore Jerusalem at the end of the age would also be preceded by 50 years, or it would precede by 50 years the birth of the man-child, which is when the Mighty One comes among us, not as the Lamb of God, but as the lion from the tribe of Judah. And the only action that I'm aware of that has been taken with respect to any official commandment or directive to restore or rebuild Jerusalem was the act of the Knesset in 1969, in April of 1969, to authorize the reconstruction of the Holy City following its coming back under Jewish sovereignty after the Six-Day War. And so if 1969 was the beginning of the count of the seven weeks, we would look for the conception of the child sometime in the fall of 2019, and the birth, perhaps the spring, summer, at the latest, Hanukkah, 2020, what I find fascinating is the picture of the birth of the man-child, which is prophetically revealed in Revelation chapter 12 by the image of the woman who is Israel standing on the sun clothed, pardon me, standing on the moon clothed with the sun and a crown of 12 stars above her head, pregnant, laboring to give birth in the dragon, the red dragon, literally pursuing her and, and, and confronting her desiring to devour the child. That very picture appeared in the heavens in September of 2017, where the virgin, Virgo, normally crowned by Leo, the lion, only now three planets were in conjunction in Leo. So instead of the nine stars of Leo, now we had 12. And the planet Jupiter, which represents the king, was in her womb for nine and a half months. And the birth occurred on, I think it was Rosh Hashanah 2017. Now, the sign that appeared in the first coming of Messiah, which brought the Magi, the kings, to seek out the little one, to seek out the baby. And they were told to look in Bethlehem. They were asked by Herod, how long has the sign been in the heavens? And the kings told King Herod that they had witnessed this event for over two years. And that's the reason when Herod ultimately ordered the murder of all the children, he killed all the baby boys up to the age of two, because any of those boys could have been the one who fulfilled the sign in the heavens. Well, once again, the sign in the heavens was there for two years. Conception has come. The woman is in travail. The nations are going to be roaring. It is here.
And, you know, yeah, I could be tempted to get a little afraid, too, from time to time, but step back and think for a minute. God showed us what he's now going to do. And go and comfort yourself. Study the book of Habakkuk. The Lord is coming for the salvation of his people. And I know there are many among the heathen who are going to be just wondering and will find it unbelievable that the things that we are testifying of are in fact true. And as Habakkuk said in chapter 2, I will stand on my watch and I will set myself on the tower and I will wait to see what the Lord will say unto me and what I will answer when I am reproved. And the Lord spoke to Habakkuk and said, Write the vision and make it plain on the tables, that he may run who reads it. So the time for the, the, time for the greater exodus is about to begin. Following the great war, the remnant of God will come out of what is the ruins of America, Babylon, and they'll begin to come out of all the nations of the world as the nations fall under the dominion of the beast, the Antichrist. So the remnant of God will flee the kingdom of the beast, and the greater exodus will begin as we are gathered into the wilderness, Paran, on the other side of the Jordan, waiting for the one where the brightness of his coming is so great Mortal men must look away. But we who will be translated into the heavens, or part of the, the martyred remnant who are the dead in Christ who rise first, when we meet the Lord, we will be given eyes who that can see, and we'll get to behold the glory of the one who saved us at the cost of his own life, who loved us so much, he died for us, he took his... He gave his life to cover our sin. We will be able to see the Lord in all of his glory. Hallelujah. Habakkuk declares the vision is yet for an appointed time. And at the end it will speak. And it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. Well, I'm here to tell you, the appointed time has come. The 23-year warning of Baruch is ended. The 70th year of Babylon is upon us. The seven weeks prophecy is fulfilled. The 70 years and the judgment or the testing of Israel is about to begin. The time of Jacob's trouble has come. And the scripture is very clear in this hour. Let all flesh be silent now before the face of the Lord, for he comes forth out of his place to judge the nations of the earth. And if any man speak, let him speak as an oracle of God, or be silent now. All these men who brought so much confusion, sharing opinions formulated in the knowledge of good and evil, in minds darkened by the corruption of the flesh, if they know what's good for them, they will sit down. Because judgment begins in the house of God, and it begins first with the elders. Anyone who would dare to stand up and teach the people, know they not they've assigned themselves a place among the greater judgment. I, for one, particularly did not want to come and teach the people. Never volunteered for this job. The Lord told me, I want you to teach my people. I wasn't too excited about it, but it was a commandment, not a request. 
It wasn't a suggestion. The Lord told me I had to go. So I went. A little reluctantly, probably. But I went. <laughs> and I taught. And I wasn't afraid to declare the truth. And, you know, as far as this being a dangerous time, if you're on the red list, well, you know, hey, um, we might be seeing the Lord soon. We might not be on the planet much longer. But if the Lord chooses to protect us and deliver us, then we will be here as long as the Lord has need of our services. And when we have finished our work for the Master, time will be through. And that's true for every one of us. And not a one of us can add a day to our life. Not one of us can deliver themselves in what is coming. Not one of us can change anything in what is about to take place. This is the day of the Lord, and the Lord will do what is right. But we can change our own hearts. We can repent. We can fast and pray. We can learn to obey. Search out the commandments of the Lord for this hour. Go read the book of Joel. Gather in your solemn assemblies. Learn to fast and pray. The remnant are fasting every Thursday. Join us. We begin the fast at sundown on Wednesday night, and we fast and pray all day Thursday. And then you don't stop until the Lord tells you it's time to stop continue fasting until the master says you know most christians have never fasted it just it boggles my mind i don't i don't understand this but i'm told that it's true you know when jesus was here among us the one of the criticisms of the pharisees was that his disciples never fasted and prayed why don't your disciples fast the Pharisees fast. John's disciples fast. But Jesus, your disciples are not fasting. Jesus answered them and he said, As long as the bridegroom is with them, they cannot fast. But when the bridegroom is taken away, then all of my disciples will fast and pray. So a church that is not fasting and praying is a church that are not the disciples of the Lord. Well, if you're a Christian but you're not a disciple then what are you exactly? Um, I'll offer my opinion. You're entitled to yours. My opinion is you are a Christian who's about to be purified in a fire. I would admonish the believers. <laughs> There's an easy way of getting purified, and there's a hard way coming. And apparently the hard way is here. So praise the Lord the day has finally come. I'm excited. I'm a little bit trepidatious like you. And at the same time, we've been waiting. We've been waiting for him patiently. And now the appointed time has come. And you know what really, the most astonishing thing to me of all is the number of teachers or watchmen, or whatever, who cannot see that it's here. I mean, I understood a year ago when I was teaching the 70th year of America Babylon was upon us, that it would be the year 2020, 
that all the international institutions were created in the post-World War II era, and America was finally crowned the leader of the free world with the signing of the NATO Treaty, and and had come under the rule of the deep state, you know, that's obvious. Go do the work. Read American Betrayal. Read the book Disinformation. Read Deception. Read New Lies for Old. Read Spetsnaz. You know, go search it out for yourself if you don't believe me. We were conquered by a Chaldean superstate who are the communists. They are the Reds. You know, this is a force of evil that has come. In the first year that a Chaldean king comes to power is called the year of ascension. They only count the years of their reign using complete years, and their calendar is measured from the first day of spring. So the new Chaldean year is about to begin in another hour and 40 minutes or so. 1950 would be the full, first full year of their reign. 1969 was the 19th year, representing turning things upside down. And so by 1969, they had successfully destroyed American culture and the life of the young generation. 1963, the 13th year of their reign. 13 is rebellion. That was the year they took prayer out of our schools and assassinated our duly elected President Kennedy. And the year 2019 was the 69th year of their rule. They have successfully divided our country. They have destroyed our Christian heritage. Our Judeo-Christian heritage has been completely rejected. The values of a historical American Judeo-Christian ethic are now viewed as a form of white supremacy or racism by much of our population. The young have been for the most part, indoctrinated into communism. The liberal left has embraced perversion and immorality in a misguided view of individual freedom. The framers of our Constitution never dreamed that the rights that were created by that document would be used to create the right of a satanic organization to declare itself a church. And that satanic services would be held within formal institutions of the United States of America. They would have never even imagined such a thing would be possible. But that is what has happened under the rule of the Chaldean state. Evil has been called good, and good has been called evil. Meanwhile, the blood of 70 million babies has been poured out in the land. Insanity is being taught to our children. Perversion modeled in story time hours in our libraries. The Holy One has had enough. The time has come. The appointed time is at hand. The judgment is determined. It is now upon us. And thank God. How would we even endure five or ten more years of this? Praise. Praise the name of the God of Israel. Amen. Lord, thank you for the freedom to declare this word of truth. 
and thank you that this word is going to get out to many, many people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, if that wasn't a wake-up call, I don't know. I don't know what else could be said. Um, <clears throat> truthfully, the truth is that fear is not from God, and it will get worse, and 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 things will change, but God is not calling us to a spirit of fear. And folks, you've got to remember whenever that creeps in, because the truth is they can beat you down with lies. And, and if you continue to listen, Benjamin, there's one thing I kind of almost uh, envied of your neighbor, that he hadn't turned his radio on. He was, <laughs> I mean, sometimes, folks, you've got to turn the news off and just get alone with the Lord. Trust me, Babylon will keep crumbling while you take a break. Uh, in your closet of prayer and in your secret time with God. Um, there is one blessing, and, and this was actually brought up to me by a, one of my my best, if not my best employee, um, dear believer. Uh, I mean, all my employees are great, but this one very connected to the Lord. She said something to me that really, really hit me, and she said there's one blessing out of all this. People are getting an opportunity to reset from the crazy madness of this society by going home and, 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 and taking some time away from this ridiculousness. So, folks, look at this as an opportunity. If your business is shut down, if you're going home, to get alone with God. Turn down Babylon for a while and get right with the Lord. And let this supposedly looking bad time become a blessing for you and your family as you begin to walk in holiness following the Lord. Benjamin, thank you for coming on and sharing tonight, brother. I appreciate it. Well, I hope it wasn't a little too intense. <laughs> Although, you know, what is ahead of us is way more intense than this program. You're welcome, Frank. Great to be here. Well, Benjamin, I've known you for now for, uh, well, I guess since 1999. Um, I've never known you to be any different. So thank <laughs> you for being consistent. <laughs> for all these You're shows. welcome. Uh, just wait, brother. Just wait. I'm going to rise to the occasion of what is ahead of us. And, um, you know, if you thought I was loud before, you just wait. I'm going to get real loud in the days ahead. Amen. And I'm going to well, shout until they shout me down. That's right. That's right. And folks, just read what they did in the Bible. I mean, they were not they were not loved when bringing forth a hard word. It was not Jeremiah to date has no known converts. We don't know if, if Baruch was probably a believer before Jeremiah began his ministry. Uh, maybe Baruch was converted, but there is no other recorded converts under Jeremiah. So his, his ministry at his time would be considered by today's modern-day preachers a failure. Yet over 2,000 years later, we're quoting because the words he said was true, even though they were hated in the days that he said it. Brother, God bless you. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Folks, listen, I'm going to put some show links up in the, up in the show, post it out to YouTube. Benjamin, you were just on recently with Jeff Nyquist, or was that his own? Uh, interview that he was no, on that's, alone. No, that's just Jeff, but everybody should go listen to that. He does a brilliant job of explaining in detail how the Soviet or the communist in, intrusion or their, you know, 
literally how they infiltrated into our institutions and ultimately took control of our country. And you know, the thing that has mystified people is the heads of the communist parties, the, the guys at the very top of communism in Russia or China or North Korea, they're all Satanists. They're all Chaldeans. It's the same deep state. They're all worshiping the same red dragon. That's right. There's no and such thing. They're all thing facing the atheist. same eternal hell, too. That's right. They're not a they people that say they're atheists. You serve one god or the other. It's cut and dry. It applies to everybody. Plain and simple. You're on one side or the other. So yes, amen. Agree to that, brother. Thank you. God bless you, folks. Check out the show links. We'll put it up there on YouTube. God bless you, brother Frank and brother Benjamin on the Remnant call, saying good night and shalom. <laughs>